What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer alongside you here on Thursday, May the 6th, breaking down some Cardinals baseball, sure, but then some other news that is definitely going to be interesting to Cardinals fans as we'll get to the Albert Pujols conversation here a little bit later in the show. But the doubleheader yesterday, we didn't get to address that yet in podcast form, so let's go ahead and talk about that first as the Cardinals split that one against the New York Mets, winning the first game and losing the second one. Of course, again, this season you've got the seven-inning doubleheaders to deal with, so that changes things a little bit, and that meant that Kwon Young Kim's start of only four innings was actually just what the doctor ordered for the Cardinals yesterday afternoon, as he goes four, gives up just a couple of hits and one earned run, had three walks with only a couple of Ks, so the ratios weren't perfect for KK yesterday, but if you throw four innings and then turn things over with a lead to your bullpen for the final three, that's a pretty much a winning recipe when it comes to the Cardinals in this 2021 season, and it was Helsley, Gallegos, Reyes all throwing up zeros with just one walk between the three of them. Ryan Helsley actually gets the win, his third of the season, because KK only goes four. That's good enough for the Cardinals' purposes. Not technically good enough to get the win, even though the Cardinals were leading after four innings when KK exited that game. The Pauls were the story of the game in that one as Goldschmidt got things going early for the Cardinals, a first-inning home run off of Marcus Stroman, and then it was Paul DeYoung with a two-run shot in the fifth, his seventh of the year. It wouldn't surprise me at this point if Paul DeYoung, despite some of the other issues that he has with his batting line for this season, still batting below 200, the OPS in the low 700s, wouldn't surprise me necessarily to see Paul DeYoung lead the Cardinals in home runs. He's always been a guy who knows how to get into them. He's got a 30 home run season, and I want to say a 25 home run season to his credit already on his major league ledger. And this year, he's basically picked up where he's left off in the past, making pitchers pay for their mistakes. And he hits number seven yesterday in game one. We mentioned the good pitching performance. That was all the Cardinals would need in that one with a four to one win. But then in game two, things went a little bit off the rails early. You know what? It's really hard to win a doubleheader in general, especially when you've got the seven inning version. The the starting pitcher that you're going to throw in game two, typically for the Cardinals, is not going to be someone in your regular rotation. This was another opportunity for Johan Oviedo. He did not fare quite as well in this one as he did in his first start of the season. This time he goes four innings, gives up four runs, all of them earned, and then some trouble out of the bullpen. Tyler Webb gives up a couple. We saw Bernardo Flores Jr. make his first appearance with the Cardinals, did not record an out, and does give up an earned run. Offense didn't really come to bring their bats in that one. Cardinals scattered 11 hits, but they weren't able to capitalize, leaving quite a few men on base. Paul DeYoung and Matt Carpenter leading the charge with nine left on base between the two of them. Another solid game for Tommy Edmond as he creeps his average toward 299, and that was, of course, as of yesterday's game on May the 5th. And then today he was only one for four, so he's still not above that 300 mark but definitely uh, inching toward it as the Cardinals' leadoff hitter. Uh, Not a whole lot of discussion to be had about the end of uh, the doubleheader yesterday with the Cardinals losing that game 7-2. You know, the pitching kind of got away from them. You look at some of the names in the box score of the relievers that were thrown into the game. At that point in time, it was kind of just get through it and get to the next day. That's what the Cardinals did today. Unfortunately, they weren't able to win this one either as they have to settle for the series split against the Mets. Things started out so promising, winning the first 
of the two yesterday. That was a 2-0 start to the series. Cardinals then dropped the final two to split with New York over the last few days. And that, of course, puts a stop to the Cardinals' six-game winning streak that they were able to establish over the last few days. And then today, talk about this loss, 4-1. to one. Really, the story of the game was the walks allowed by Cardinals pitching. 11 walks throughout the game. John Gant was six of them. Definitely at points he talked about after the game on the post-game Zoom, he felt he was making too many non-competitive pitches, not giving you know his team a chance, his defense a chance to even get involved, although they did with some nice plays by Harrison Bader and Justin Williams with a sensational catch in the outfield. But generally, you got to throw around the strike zone, convince batters that they need to swing at these pitches, then let your defense do the work. John Gant, in addition to the six walks, just felt like some of those pitches weren't competitive enough to convince batters to, to maybe offer at them. And then when that starts happening, you talk about getting squeezed a little bit on certain, you know, give or take pitches that he thought maybe could have gone his direction. But I think the story of it is when you're struggling to find the zone on a regular basis and you're missing by the margins that Gant was earlier in this game, it's hard to really complain too much about the umpiring because the human element of it, right? And this is something that I don't really have an issue with as an umpire. Some people would prefer an umpire, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but some people would prefer their home plate umpires to call it by the book, same strike zone for every situation. And I understand that. I'm almost okay with an umpire rewarding the human element, right? Rewarding a pitcher for painting and doing exactly what he's trying to do and executing his pitches. And the inverse to that is kind of when you're not executing on that level, and you're feeling for it out there, and you're not in sync with your catcher, and it's not pinpoint accuracy, sometimes you might throw a pitch that otherwise could be considered a strike, but the umpire's going to give you a little bit of a tougher time because you haven't demonstrated the ability to consistently hit your spots earlier in that game. Totally understand that's a pretty subjective point that I'm making, and not everybody out there is going to agree with me. Certainly today that concept didn't benefit John Gant, but Andrew Kisner said, too, after the game, you know, that's just kind of the nature of it. Some umpires will call it one way, and others are going to feel a little bit into the flow of the game, and that's what happened today, and John Gant certainly wasn't getting rewarded. Why would you if you end up with six walks in the game? Gives up two runs, so the ERA uh, still pretty good, and only one of those runs were earned. So 2.15 on the year for John Gant, still very respectable. Doing a fine job as the Cardinals' number five starter. Again, when you only score one run, it's hard to expect that you're going to win a game like that, even when you do allow 11 walks. Kind of crazy, though, by the end of it, the Cardinals were still in there with the tying run at the plate in the form of Goldschmidt and Arenado in that last inning. So really, that's a situation that you'd take a lot of times if you're the Cardinals. Like, you have a chance to tie the game, and you've got your biggest bats up with an opportunity to do it in the ninth inning. So you could definitely have pictured a worse situation for the Cardinals as it went down the stretch if you had said yeah they're going to walk 11 in this game but ultimately the offense wasn't able to get it done some of the other uh, folks out of the bullpen for the Cardinals Whitley walked a guy Henesis Cabrera walked a guy Elledge did not but gave up a hit Tyler Webb another tough outing for him did not record an out walked two gave up a hit charged with two earned runs that situation may be starting to come to a head as his ERA for the season is at 13.00 at this point in time. Last year, the last couple of years, Tyler Webb, a very reliable left-handed reliever out of Mike Schultz's bullpen. But at this point in time, I think it's becoming questionable whether the Cardinals can continue running him out there on this basis. I mean, in this game today, this was a contested game. The Cardinals were within striking distance down 
just two to one before his eighth inning where the Cardinals give up two more runs. So I, I know you've got to use all the guys in your bullpen and you've got to feel like you can trust all the guys in your bullpen to be able to get the job done. And you'd hate to just write Tyler Webb off after quality seasons. He had been really one of the most uh, go-to guys for Mike Schilt, I would say, over the past few years. Not always in a high-leverage situation, but he was throwing quite a few games out of the bullpen in recent years for Mike Schilt and was kind of an under-the-radar guy. I remember after the opening day, uh, he got out of a jam for Jack Flaherty in Cincinnati, if I recall correctly, we talked about on the podcast how we needed to give him maybe a little bit more credit than we had in the past, but at some point the results continue to pile up and you have to, to, to talk about what a guy's doing right now. And it's just been a tough, tough go of things for Tyler Webb as of late. And that puts you in an interesting situation because from the left side, you had Henesis Cabrera, who's I think stabilized and is doing a fine job right now for the Cardinals. You've got Andrew Miller who had been struggling and is right now on the injured list with a toe blister. So that left side is looking a little bit more vulnerable than it had, especially entering the season. So we'll see what Tyler Webb is able to do as things go along here. And something else you might not know is, you know, if he's dealing with an injury or something like that, sometimes we see guys struggle for a little bit and then they end up popping up on the injured list themselves. So not the way Tyler Webb envisioned his season going so far, uh, but we'll see how he's able to bounce back in, in his next opportunity whenever that may arrive. Uh, Jake Woodford should get a little bit of credit for the way he finished out the game for the Cardinals. A couple of innings of relief without giving up a run. Again, pitching around traffic, two hits and a walk. Cardinals on the day gave up nine hits, 11 walks, and still somehow only gave up four runs. Uh, you, you take that ratio as far as being able to strand base runners on the whole, but uh, you'd like the offense to be able to pitch in and contribute and capitalize right on their opportunities that they've got. Though in the game on Thursday, not many opportunities really amounted for the Cardinals, just the three hits. And unlike Cardinals pitching, Mets pitching, even though they were led by a guy named Tawan Walker, his name is literally Walker, he didn't walk anybody. He sort of uh, devoted that power over to the Cardinals side and they walked everybody. So good job by Walker. And I think the Cardinals saw him in spring training a little bit. Whatever they saw then, they, they didn't figure him out because he goes seven innings, just gives up one hit, strikes out eight, and walks none. That's a really, really good game score, I would have to imagine, for Walker. And then the Cardinals, uh, even though they got a little bit of uh, damage off of him, they couldn't convert against Edwin Diaz in the ninth inning. The uh, Mets closer throws 101. I saw him in spring down at uh, Port St. Lucie, and I said, this guy looks back. He's going to be the Mets' closer. He converts today for his fourth save of the season. So Cardinals right now standing at 18-14, and 14, not quite where they were, oh, about 27 hours ago or so, uh, or whenever, I guess, the game yesterday ended at around 7 o'clock, so about 25 hours ago as of this recording. Cardinals were 18-12, and 12, flying high, tied for the best record in the National League. Now they've got a little bit of ground to make up to uh, gain on their peers, but looking still pretty good in the standings for St. Louis. But let's talk about the story more interesting than anything that's happened on the field over the last few days for the Cardinals, and that is Albert Pujols being released by the Angels. I don't know that the release has been made official yet. The reports are out there. They've It, it is official that they've designated him for assignment. The release is forthcoming. Uh, nobody is going to claim him or that contract. And so Pujols, presumably, unless he retires, he'll be a free agent, which I guess technically he'd still be a free agent even if he elected to retire. But that obviously invites the question, what's next for the once great Cardinal, the first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer, 
Albert Pujols, who's had a tremendous career, in my estimation, and, and by my eyes, the best to have ever done it that I've ever seen. And, of course, in St. Louis, we got a good long look at his career and his rise to stardom from 2001 through 2011 and all the great things he did for the Cardinals in St. Louis. The Angels, Los Angeles, I think if you talk to their fans, they never really got quite the appreciation for Albert that that he had in St. Louis and that he would have continued to have had he remained here. It's a whole other conversation over whether the Cardinals did the right thing or they should have gone above and beyond to try to get him no matter what. I think the history of the organization over the last decade would have been quite different had the Cardinals gone that route. Some people might say, well, who cares? You know, you'd have uh, the franchise cornerstone, have his statue alongside Yadier Molina, and everything would be great from that perspective. The Cardinals didn't win a World Series anyway after 2011, so what? what's the difference? Uh, I, w- I would think that on the whole, the Cardinals would not have been as competitive and it would have been hard to watch Albert kind of deteriorate before your eyes rather than have him, you know, playing out these last few seasons in St. Louis and becoming kind of a part-time player. And, you know, people talk about Yadier Molina and that, that he plays too much and should, should take more days off, etc. Yadi is still performing offensively at a pretty respectable level, especially considering he's a catcher. You know, the batting average is still pretty good. The, the plate awareness and his ability to make contact has always been really good um, which Albert has maintained that for the most part as well staying away from strikeouts at a rate that's pretty much higher than his peers I haven't looked at this season to see how he's fared in that category but the batting average below 200 for Albert right now he's got five home runs which is kind of impressive uh, considering you know there's plenty of Cardinals that don't have that Paul Goldsmith doesn't have that I believe he's only up to four uh, maybe he got his fifth I'd have to go back and look at that but Nevertheless, yeah, I think he's at four. Nevertheless, though, Albert performing in the power categories, the all-around game, not really there. And just imagine if he were having these, you know, age is catching up with him, right? It happens. It's inevitable. Father time always ends up winning that that race. And if this was were happening in front of the, the eyes of Cardinals fans on a daily basis and you wouldn't have Paul Goldsmith, I wouldn't think, and you'd be running out Albert at first base because there's no DH in the NL, and so it would it would be an uncomfortable thing to watch a legend basically, you know, the end is nigh and, and maybe not ready for it. And that would just be uncomfortable, I would think. And so uh, now, though, you do have an opportunity if you if you wanted to go this route to for the next four months or so have the reunion tour with Albert, have him be a, a weapon off the bench for the Cardinals still could probably strike some fear into the opponents and I would tell you it would be a a major hit with Cardinals fans to see him allow things to come to their natural conclusion in the place where they all began where everything started for Albert in St. Louis I think there's a lot of reasons that it's probably not going to happen chief among them being that Albert probably still wants to play on a regular basis like if he doesn't go the retirement route he probably wants to be you know finding an American League home where he can continue to, to get at bats and, and try to prove himself and chase his records. I mentioned Angels fans not having appreciation for his career. They've gotten to watch these milestones, a lot of them unfold, uh, and and maybe not get quite the, the ceremony that would have taken place had some of those milestones occurred for Albert in St. Louis. But so could it be a reunion for the next few months to make up for lost time? 
As I mentioned, I don't. If I had to be put on the spot, will it happen? Won't it happen? I'd say it won't happen, because for one, there's no DH in the National League, and that would be the place you'd put him more often. You know, people talk about Matt Carpenter and not wanting to see him in the lineup, but if you had a DH, I think people would be a lot more amenable to the idea of Carpenter playing more regularly. I think the same could apply to Albert. If you just had a DH spot to put him, wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world to throw him out there, and you'd get a lot of residual benefit from it. The fans would love it. It would make for some good memories. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure that the Cardinals are going to end up being interested in going that route because, for one, you'd have to know that Albert would be okay with whatever role, and based on what I've read of his exit with Los Angeles, he was upset within the last couple of days about not being in the lineup. And it was something that evidently, according to a report from, from Los Angeles Beat Reporter, came from the front office and not from manager Joe Madden, who I guess otherwise would have had him in there. And that seems to be kind of a concept that people wonder, you know, is the manager really in charge of the lineup? In most cases, I would say yes. But if that was something that was going on in Los Angeles, that's definitely a, a curveball thrown into the situation, which everything must have come to a head at that point, And that's why they end up going their separate ways with Albert. Don't exactly know what the fallout has been, if any of that has emerged in in the form of uh, media reports over the last few hours, but definitely an interesting situation. But when you ponder it from the perspective of, okay, is he going to continue his playing career somewhere? And and what would the fit be in in a place that he could do that? You know, for the Cardinals, they've got, and to me, they've got guys like Austin Dean, who hasn't gotten a lot of playing time, has done a nice job. But if you're talking about a pure ceremonial spot on the bench, you know, they could fill similar roles because they don't really put Austin Dean in the outfield much. John Nagowski is on the, the injured list right now. They don't really put him uh, into games at all when he's healthy other than just a pinch hitting role. So I feel like defensively the position wouldn't really matter. It would just be kind of like a bat off the bench of of the, the ilk that we've seen other guys fill that kind of role for the Cardinals this season. But I don't know that that's what Albert's looking for, right? If he's trying to chase records and, and if he's out to prove something – He's going to want the chance to prove that, and so I don't know if he'd be down for the reunion tour in St. Louis if it's not, you know, if it's not going to be a, a situation where he's going to get to play very often. Now you you may look at it from the perspective of he's won a world championship here, he might like to win another, and the Cardinals should have a pretty good team and, and a team that expects to contend, maybe win the Central and be able to to make a deep run into the postseason. Perhaps Albert would like to be a part of that. The desire to do that might outweigh the desire to you know, have to be an everyday guy, you could kind of accept a lesser role. Uh, you you know if you're Albert, it would kind of ease the mind a little bit. You know, I don't know that I can speak for Albert Pujols to say that he has any regrets about the way things went down. I think as he's experienced some of these milestones over the year, over the years, if he, if he were honest about it, would probably say, yeah, it would have been nice to have some of those things happen in St. Louis where the Cardinals fans obviously still adore me because you saw a couple of years ago when he finally made his return to Bush Stadium, a very emotional moment, and the man got a standing ovation uh, for hitting a home run for the opposing team. So there's no question Cardinals Nation would be ready to see this happen. And for Albert, I think that might be a way to kind of soften the blow. And, and if there's any regret in there at all, it would be a way to, I think, for him personally, again, I hate to speak for somebody else because I don't know what they're feeling inside, but it would seem that it could stand to reason that it would soften the blow a little bit and uh, allow bygones to be bygones and allow Albert to really maybe have a good feeling about the way the way he goes out on his own terms in some ways, not necessarily on his own terms because his terms would have been to finish out his contract with the Angels and, 
and participate with their club for the rest of the season. Obviously, the Angels took that, the matter out of his hands and said, that's not going to happen. We're going a different direction. I just think St. Louis would be such an interesting play. I, I just don't think it's that realistic for the reasons we mentioned. Like, if the Cardinals were a 76-win team that wasn't going to make the postseason, and, and, you know, especially if the DH were in the National League, absolutely. Bring him in. Put him in the DH every darn day. Bat him, bat him fifth. I don't care. Put him up in the lineup so he gets as many at-bats as he can and enjoy having the fans, you know, serenade him and, and give him the love and support over the next few months and uh, just go out in style that way. But that's not the situation for the 2021 Cardinals. This is a team that expects to contend. I mean, they just brought in Nolan Arenado because they think, you know, they've got a shot right here. And so they're, they're going to do everything they can to win it. And the the pools thing from a strict baseball perspective, I would not be a part of that. Like I can twist it and, and, and kind of close one eye and maybe squint with the other eye and say, well, if you, if you, if you really look at it from this angle, he could maybe be a nice little bat off the bench for you, help you be competitive. Uh, you know, his, his skills have diminished and deteriorated uh, to where they would be pretty well unrecognizable for Cardinals fans that have uh, only watched from afar over the past 10 years since he's left the club in St. Louis. So I don't think from a baseball perspective, you can make a very convincing argument that it makes a lot of sense, but there are a lot of other perspectives to be considered. And I think it'd be awesome. I think it would be fantastic to see Albert finish up his career with St. Louis. Like I said, not sure how realistic it is, but Yadier Molina, of course, as always is on the case with Instagram, uh, posting a photo of him and Albert when he returned, uh, for that, uh, series at Bush a couple of years ago and had a picture of the two swapping jerseys after the game. And Yachty posted that photo tonight with the caption that's just kind of like the, the little thinking face. Like, hmm, I wonder, could there be something here? I think a wild card in the situation, too, could be the the White Sox. I don't know that White Sox fans would be very into it because they're not too happy with Tony La Russa right now as it is. Uh, but I think that'd be pretty interesting if uh, if management there in Chicago were interested enough. Reunite Albert with his former manager. That would be hilarious to watch from afar. That would almost be... I'm not going to say as perfect as ending it with the Cardinals, but almost like in some ways better because if you're a Cardinals fan who who wants to see the Cardinals do well, you don't have to worry about the politics of, uh, you know, what are they going to do? How often are they going to play him? Like you already have these these thoughts about Matt Carpenter and do they overplay Yachty and, you know, the Cardinals legends, do they go overboard with that sometimes? Add Albert Pujols into the picture and <laughs> if you're Mike Schilt, you almost have to be like, all right, you're in. You know, <laughs> what can you do? This guy's a, guy's a legend. And so... That that's why it would be fun to watch if uh, he went back with TLR Larusa. Man, he'd bat him third every game, and he'd be he, people would be so mad in Chicago. That would be kind of like a, a good little funny thing to watch from afar. But I do think it would be much more satisfying for Cardinals fans if they got a chance to show Albert the love and support that they have for him uh, after all these years. That'd be kind of a cool way to go out. And the fact that Yachty's on board, uh, you know, makes me at least think there's 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 some uh, behind the scenes action of. Uh, Yachty trying to nudge the uh, the front office. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I'm interested to see where it goes. I really don't have a great feel for it. it to me, if it's a situation where Albert wants to play and he just thinks it, it, maybe it's time, he'll he'll announce that he's retiring uh, before going through the process of trying to, to feel his way through uh, whether other teams are interested. But he's a man with with a lot of pride and, and, and wants to show that he uh, – can compete and wants to be able to go out on his own terms. And if that's the way he wants to play it, he may end up popping up somewhere else. I think Colorado would be fun. Just watching mash bombs for a team that's not very competitive. 
Uh, that could be kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't know the way it, the way it'll end up, but uh, I'm I'm definitely going to be watching alongside lots of Cardinals fans to see what Albert decides and and, and where he goes from here. To be sure. Appreciate you guys though for listening to this edition of B Shape Daily. That's going to wrap it up for this conversation today. Cardinals have a series coming up this weekend. Again, this has been the 17 games in 17 days, and even though they did end up getting an off day in the middle of all of that earlier this week because of the rainout, uh, they playing two games yesterday still ends up counting as 17 and 17 and now they're welcoming the Colorado Rockies to town over the weekend the reunion with Nolan Arenado facing his former team should be kind of fun to to see how he performs I bet he homers this weekend Nolan probably gets into one to uh to to put on a little bit of a show against his former team that that's my prediction uh, for bombs away tomorrow on the the Cardinals gifts game on Twitter I think I'm going to have to go with Nolan Probably going to be a pretty popular pick, though, if I had to guess. Once again, though, thank you all for listening, sticking with the show. Appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of the other wonderful audio locations where you can find B-Shape Daily. Head on over to anchor.fm slash bshaper12. Click on the More Platforms tab, and you can view all the options for your listening pleasure right at that location. Thank you once again, and until next time, this has been B-Shape Daily.